This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, and even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Media Explode, episode 16. Hi, fanboy media explode. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Josh Flanagan. Hi there. And Ron Richards. And I'm back. And I've got some grievances. And we are iFanboy, you know. and this is the Media Explode episode Unlocked by the Patrons at patreon.com slash iFanboy. We've unlocked several fun and exciting shows for you to listen to. This is our non-comics media show, in which we talk about the things we've been enjoying and also other topics of interest. Emails happen. All kinds of fun things, separate from our weekly pick of the week show, which we talk about comic books. There's a general blanket spoiler. There could be some spoilers in this show. Who knows? As always, we start the show with what you've been enjoying in media since we last spoke. Josh, what have you been enjoying? So the other day, my wife says to me, hey, my mom told me about this show. And I went, I don't want to hear anything mm-hmm. else. That's a, that's, a great, that's a great start of a conversation. Right <laughs> yeah, there. so I don't want to. But she goes, there's a show called Dr. Death. And I was like, I really oh, don't. Oh, on Peacock. Joshua Jackson. Yeah. I was wondering so, about that. It's got a good cast. It's got Alec Baldwin. It has an extremely good cast. It has Alec Baldwin and Christian Slater as doctors Ooh. who are 
trying to put this other doctor played by Pacey out of business now, because he's this a bad is doctor. Based on a Wondery podcast, and on that alone, I was like, eh. So I didn't know anything about that. When so do we get a, a show based on our podcast with in exactly. which Joshua on, Jackson stars as one of us? On I mean, Peacock. We, yeah. we did one. <laughs> I mean, it, he wasn't in it. Yeah. Anyway, we've been watching it pretty relentlessly it, to the point where we realized last night we were like, all right, let's start episode four, which was the first one you had to pay for. And I was like, I guess we're subscribing to Peacock. <laughs> oh, they got gotcha. you. Yeah, gotcha. but it's only it's You're, five bucks. It's not like guess I'm gonna what? stick around. You signed up for the cock. <laughs> You know, you know, we're recording this. <laughs> <laughs> you got peacocked. So peacock. the thing that's good about it is that it's it's very it's not like great TV. It's really compelling, though, because the story is just like there's this doctor and he just botches these surgeries entirely. And it's not clear whether he is incompetent or killer. Yeah, and it's and I'm, I'm five episodes in, and I don't know. Well, I I was like I, I'm no closer to answers, and then it's also at the same time about this whole um, bureaucracy of of medical uh, issues that you know you have to defer to the surgeon in the room, no matter what dumbass thing yeah. they're doing and what it's that like culture military. means. Yeah, very much so, and then at the same time, there's a you know this is from the point of view of the show, but there is a idea that. Doctors can't be really held accountable because how do you prove criminal negligence, you know, when people have make mistakes all the time that aren't criminal and blah, blah, blah. And, it, and it's pretty fascinating. What I think that I think Pacey's really good. He overacts a little bit, but I think it works for this. He, it's, it's almost if you go watch the show, I want you to imagine Pete Campbell in that role. That's the kind of attitude like when he's really chuffed on himself and then. It took me about an episode to realize that Alec Baldwin wasn't being funny because when he talks, I hear funny. Mm-hmm. And like at one point he's talking like he's, you know, talking medical jargon or whatever. And do you guys remember there was a old sketch on SNL where he played a soap opera doctor and he couldn't pronounce any of the words? And no. it was like, no. he has a tumor, but we think it's benig, but it could be malignant. Oh, yeah, yeah but yeah, it's yeah. in his anal canal. Right. And like that's all I heard. But I got over it. And Christian Slater is really, really interesting and fun to watch in a way that I wouldn't have expected. There's parts where they go a little too far in terms of stylization of stuff where like you're just trying to be clever, you know, shots that are like really impressive, but also have nothing to do with anything. But at the same time, they drop things that are pretty subtle in earlier episodes, which you, you almost don't notice. Like, well, that's weird. And then you forget about it. And two episodes later, it sort of comes back to be a thing. So it's good structure in that way. It's very entertaining and it's very compelling and is the first thing I've ever intentionally tried to watch on Peacock. So is that Peacock's model where they, their prestige shows, you can't even watch them with commercials? You have to pay for it, the service? Well, I think, yeah, I think it's you try some and then after that it's got to be the service because there's two levels to the service. There's five bucks a month, which is with commercials and 10 bucks a month without commercials. But it's mm-hmm. only like 60 seconds of commercials. It's not, it's sure, not like a sure. crushing I just, amount. I just don't know. what that, I, I don't think I've ever watched anything on Peacock. Yeah. I mean, I've used it once or twice, I think. And and most of the shows haven't made me say, oh, I want to check that out. Oh, there is a Brave New World show that I'm kind of interested in. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about that one. Yeah, when it fir- when when Peacock first came out, I got it for free because they did a deal with Google for Android users where you just had it. And I was like, oh, cool. And there was a – because what I what I feel like we talked about – I don't know if we talked about it in this show or if I talked about it on All About Android. What I liked about Peacock was they had – of all the streaming services, they were the only one to offer of, of like the major like network level ones to right. offer both on demand and Pluto TV esque linear channels. Um, mm, and yeah. that's and that's because Universal owns a stake in Pluto TV, so they just took that code base and rolled it out. And so they had like a channel that's like was just like puppies and that was like entertain my kids for about a month, right? right. Mm-hmm. Where just at any point in time there were just videos of, of puppies running around. Yeah, and and there's something to be said for the ooh, what's on right now? Like I watch Pluto TV all the time, and I catch you know nine hundred two and zero or the game shows, the old seventies game shows or things like that. And it's like going back to our conversation where like you know sometimes I struggle with what to watch. There's something to be said with the old way of television where like well, what's on now? Well, that's the that's my whole thing about it is like I don't want to have to make all the decisions all the time. Just what what are my options? I'll take that one. I don't want to have to constantly make the conscious choice to pick something. Right, I do that all day long I, I, at work. I have, I have yeah. none of that. Yeah. I don't want that at all. I don't want that randomness for one bit. I feel like I've only got so much time 
I'm going to pick something. But that's how everything used to work, though. Remember, you'd watch TV oh, and you'd, you'd flip channels until you found something that you wanted to watch. I didn't much like better, that then. Much better service. Uh, no, I don't like that. But but I mean, but again, that's that's totally subjective. It's I'm not telling you not to, but that's not what, what my I haven't used it like that, and I'm totally not going to. Like okay. when I every once in a while, I will be in a place that has normal TV, and I'll flip around, and it's totally uh, novel for a little while, just like commercials are, and then I'm over it. Oh, I, I, I could do without – if I don't ever see another commercial, it'll be fine. It's the time. And, and I feel bad because my dad will come over and he's like, oh, I saw a great commercial. I'm like, oh, God. Like we're talking, we're talking about shows. We're talking about the actual commercials. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was, I've noticed that yeah. commercials, instead of being catchy lately – like there, I, was, I was explaining to my kids. Like there used to be like a big dumb slogan, which was like, where's the beef? Time to make the donuts. And now all the commercials are these little, little surrealistic – Yep. tone poems. Well, and, and a lot like, of them are designed for fast forwarding, so that the, yeah. the 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 images are static enough that you you catch something subliminally when you fast forward through it. Yeah, yeah. It's it was really. I'm like, I don't think these are particularly memorable anymore. No, that's why no. The the Super Bowl has been a for commercial wise has been a joke for ten years because they're, yeah. they're, right. they're just not good. I love when you get Connor talking about Super Bowl commercials. I I mean I. I they have he's, some, got, he's got opinions. I do. So is there anything else, Josh, you've been enjoying other than Dr. Death? The only other thing I think that I would mention is uh, I had finished Justified. I think I'd mentioned that before. And Justified was good because I had a good like six seasons of not having to think about what to have on in the background. And plunked around for a day or two, watched some old movies. And then I landed on Clarkson's Farm. And Clarkson's Farm is what Jeremy Clarkson of um, Grand Tour slash Top Gear did. Last year, I guess it started in the fall before the pandemic, and he owns this farm, and he decided to farm it, and he's a working farmer on this over the course of like this whatever the six or eight months, and then into the when the pandemic starts, and like he's out there learning how to do, do the farm, and it, it's a lot like a a Top Gear you know like segment, but you know he's actually he's it's a sixty year old man out there trying to do the work and raising sheep and doing all these things and spending enormous amounts of money that he will lose but it is pretty entertaining because i like those guys even though apparently he's a horrible person he's still funny this past month i was actually making a list i've been pretty busy i finished schitt's creek which was terrific and i miss it and then watching a bunch of like competition but creative shows like making the cut which is basically just project runway but on amazon with heidi klum and tim gunn oh it's the it's there it's there that we're doing it ourselves it's the same show yeah, yeah, with a couple yeah, they, of minor tweaks, but yeah, it's they, the same. they left the, they left the original show to do their own. Yeah, so. good for them. And then also similarly named "Making It," which is the crafting show on NBC that Amy Poehler and Nick Offerman host. It's very similar. You know, I just like watching people make things. People who are talented at making things with their hands, I like watching them do it. And so, been watching both of those shows. Been rewatching Ted Lasso in anticipation of this week's season two launch. Yep, it was very exciting. But the main sort of high level one is. That we watched Lupin on Netflix, which is the French show. Was that Lupin? Lupin. Yeah, one of my one of my coworkers said you need to watch the show Lupin. I haven't watched it yet. Is it good? I thought it was terrific. It's a ten episode yeah. first season. That means rabbit. <laughs> it's broken into two parts. It's five parts, then there's a break, then five episodes. So the Arsène Lupin was a famous literary character in France, like gentleman burglar. It's not a remake of or an updated version of it, but it's an inspiration. The, the main character is a gentleman thief who is inspired by that literary character. And it takes place now in Paris. And the main character is played by Omar Sy. He's black, so there's look at racial politics in France and class politics because that's like the setup of the whole story. But it's also like super fun and like twisty and heisty. He, he's, you know, he, he pulls these jobs that are complex. And so you get that fun sort of Soderbergh-esque heist element to it but also real drama and action and it's just it was a really fun and it's you know we watch a lot of american shows we watch a lot of british shows we watch occasional canadian shows but can't say i've watched a ton of french shows so it's always fun to see a different culture a the culture itself but b how they make television how they make shows how they make drama the french obviously uh, the pioneers of film the drama anyway it was tons of fun 10 episodes about an hour each but you have to watch it obviously it's all in french subtitled so you couldn't do it while you're like working or anything it's on Netflix, and it's terrific, really terrific. Cool. I've heard similar. Yeah, it's good. And then the we're, we're you know we're deciding on the next thing we're gonna do is, and this is might be exciting for Josh. I believe we've we've settled on since it's summertime and we want to watch something dumb. We're going to 
finally watch the Fast and the Furious franchise. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I understand that there's several you can skip. Yeah, but why not? I mean, if you're going to go all in, why not really just sort of... <laughs> is there some sort of Fast it? and Furious viewing order type thing? Well, you sure, know, like the, the order they come out in. <laughs> the, the annoying thing is they're not streamable anywhere for free. Mm-hmm. You have to rent them. Josh and I watched at least the first one together at work Yeah, many, many years ago. Lindsay and I watched about half of the first one a couple weeks ago. It was on TV, and I caught caught about 20 minutes of the first one, and I was like, this is kind of... It was funny. I was looking at all the posters, and I was like, oh, well, there's the point where it goes crazy. It's like, Uh car race, car race, car race, submarine. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) There we go. At the beginning, it's delightfully... It's it's completely non-ironic. Yeah, that's the that was the. <laughs> they're awful scripts in the way that they're just like you don't need to think of anything clever. You just need to you know have them say lines that are sort of heroic sounding or you know that are kind of deep but aren't really. Mm-hmm. But there's no winking about it whatsoever. It's totally straightforward, and there's something very uh, direct about that. that I mean, I like, I loved Hobbs and Shaw. I randomly watched that one without having watched any of them. And, you know, at some point, The Rock joins. Like, it's got a lot of elements that I find entertaining. Can he stop getting bigger? Because it's starting to freak me out. <laughs> he just keeps getting bigger. He's 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 frighteningly large now. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a point where you're like, is there such thing as too much muscle? Maybe. He's, he's I gonna think there might out. be. So that's nine films. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm gonna figure out how that's gonna happen. But I think that's what all we're right. Next, I didn't it. think that's what you were gonna say when you thought it would make me happy. That's an adventure. Well, there was a discussion on. about Justify Josh, but then I think we've swerved, yeah. swerved around the oh. Fast and the Furious. Fair enough. Ron, what have you been? Well, let's see. So I watched the Soderbergh movie on HBO Max. No sudden move. But I'm gonna not talk about that because I really. I, I hope you guys watch I'm it. I'm curious to discuss. watch it. Yeah. yeah, I saw it. Oh, you watched it? Oh, did you like it? Yeah, yeah I liked it. Um, well, let's yeah. wait. Connor, you watch it, and, and next month, let's all talk about it. So. That's fine. We'll see if I remember it by then, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I watched that. I started watching the Punk docuseries that was co-produced by Iggy Pop and John Vavaro. Vav- 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 I can't even pronounce Keep it. Going. Vavaro? Vavados? Vavados? Oh, Vavados. Oh, the guy who the guy the the, the guy who bought the guy who is now where CBGB's is, yeah. yeah. But I'm one. I'm one. Is that his gift back? I'm sorry, I took CBGB's over. Here's a punk documentary. Yeah, I guess so. It's bizarre. It was on Epics, Josh. And like, what happened was is that there was a free trial of Epics on Apple TV Plus that I started watching on it. Then the free trial ended, and then it was like six bucks a month. So I'm like, I can finish. It's like three episodes. I'm like, I can finish this in a month. This is the Peacock situation. Yes, there was a Showtime situation. We did that same thing with I'm Dying Up Here. Yep. Yep. So I'm one episode away from finishing that. Uh, Is it good? Which, it's all right. You should pay uh, the six bucks and watch it so we could discuss. It's in, I'm guessing I got. I, I'm guessing yeah. I can get some of the the trial one. No, I think it was a time trial thing. It was like oh. a, it was a promotion. It was a time promotion. Sometimes when you um, go look on them, they'll just give, they'll give you some. I might be able to get yeah. through it in time. All right, we'll take a look at it. See, and then we what kind of when it's is it like all punk? Is it New York punk? Is no, it, it's all punk. It start it starts in the it starts it start? the MC5. Yeah, it starts the MC5. Okay. First episode is MC5 through Se- Ramones, right. Blondie, CBGBs. Then it goes to England, wow. and the second episode is all Sex Pistols and all you know uh, slits and all all British punk, and then. I will say it. I don't want to spoil it for you, but it, it, it second episode does end with a cliffhanger when Ian strolls in, sits down, and, <laughs> and says one line, and then it ends on that. And I was like, "Oh, I didn't know Ian Mackay was in this." And like, so I'm I'm very excited to see the last episode. But uh, but, so but it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. So then, now knowing that Ian's in it, that should give you a little more motivation to get to it. But um, I love uh, no and no Dave Grohl as far as the eye can see. So, huh. but the two things I want to discuss that have got me engrossed tonight. My wife and I we we have differing tastes, as you can imagine. And so I was like, "All right, your turn. What do you want to watch?" Oh. And so we settled on Atlantic Crossing on PBS. Oh, I want to watch that. Connor. Oh, Connor, this is so did. up your alley. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it. Yeah. So yeah, so it's um Josh, this might be yours too, but basically it's a masterpiece theater World War II thing. Yeah. Master yeah. Masterpiece Theater. It's called well, Masterpiece FDR. now, by the way. They dropped Whatever. the theater. Just masterpiece. Well, not um, in my mind. It yeah, is about, uh, and, and it is specifically about Norway, who got invaded in the late like? the late thirties for their iron by the Nazis, and then nobody Where's wanted like? to help them. And so the Crown Princess of Norway 
with her children escape to the United States where she has a very special relationship with President Roosevelt. Oh, and, yeah, I, I, did, I saw that. Yeah. And uh, like you also have a subscription to PBS that I don't use all that much. Yeah. So it's eight episodes. We're five episodes in. So I'm not finished. Don't tell me how I want to. I don't know. There. This seems like America is going to get into this war. I'm not sure. So I want to see what Hitler that's the next kills episode. himself. Yeah. So has May of 45. But you've got Kyle McLaughlin playing FDR, which yeah, yeah. is just which is delightful. Connor. Yeah. It's so good. Casting. And Prince Olaf of uh, Olav. Uh, O-L-A-V, not F, uh, Prince Olav of Norway, uh, the guy who plays it, does this delightful, just confused face all the time, which is just like, no matter what situation, he's he's smoking like they smoked in the 40s, looking confused, and it's wonderful. Lo- Connor, lots of subtitles. It's 75% in Norwegian. Oh, cool. That was like, so, I think that was yeah. why I was like, I can't do this during the day, so I sort of put it off. No, but it's 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 been very good. It's been it, to the point where we generally, as a rule, will watch one episode at a time and we'll stretch it out over time. But like we finished it like twice now. We finished the episode. And I was like, oh, let's watch another one. But we nice. held back. So it is enthralling. Atlanta Crossing, very very good. You just described everything that I think I liked about watching Downton Abbey is just watching people's weird reactions and having them do it again. It's it's kind of the same deal. Like, and then lastly, on HBO Max. I'm two episodes into the latest iteration of Gossip Girl. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. How was that? Well, surprisingly not awful. That's a good review. I've heard bad things. It, no, no, no. I mean, it, it was it was engaging. I, you know, like, it, basically, it, it, it definitely, I don't know. I was, wa- I was someone who watched every episode of the first series. I was happy to see that it exists in world. Of course it does. It exists, you know, and they, and they they referred to people, you know, from the original series and all that sort of stuff. So, it's, so it was fun. A couple inherent problems. One, the original Gossip Girl was on the CW and it was an hour long show. But with commercials, it was roughly about 42 minutes. Yeah. These are hour long episodes on HBO Max. With no they are hour long. Ugh. They are way too long. That's way too, much. too long. Secondarily, the cast is too big. I was watching the first episode and just keep trying to keep track of all of the kids and all of the students. It was just like too much. Tertiarily, the age gap, like you have, I actually, and and my wife and I were talking about over dinner, she saw an article where one of the teachers is physically younger than one of the people playing the kids. Right. Yeah. It's a year difference. Yes. Yeah. So like, so the, the teachers look way too young and the kids look way too old. Right. But that said, it's classism in new york city and it's like it has all the makings that got the original gossip girl did that made it interesting and then made it kind of fun and and this whole kind of thing also they connor they live in a in the first episode the fish out of water character is this girl who moves to new york and goes to school she's a freshman so she's 14 15 at most played by 27 year old yeah, exactly. And the cool kids pull her in and they invite her to a members only club to go for drinks later than later that night. And she goes home and begs her dad to let her go. And he's like, okay, be home by nine. And it's this like mythical New York where these teenagers are in a members only club having drinks at like five and she's home <laughs> for nine. Right. And also it was like eight 50 and she was in the village and she lives on the upper West side and she still got home by nine. No, nope. it was just like, yeah. no, nope. but all that stuff, that's, that's the, it's the, it's the stuff that we love to make fun of and the, the love to chew up and, and tease the one mystery of it all is that I don't recognize anybody in the cast except for one of the main characters' father, who's played by Luke Kirby, who played... Lenny Bruce? Lenny Bruce and Ms. Maisel. And we're like, what is he doing on this show? Getting paid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I realize Good job. He's, he's, he's a York-based actor. Started filming after the pandemic. Guy needed to work. So, <laughs> so it is... Isn't it is Kristen a nice Bell little- back as the voice? Yeah, they did. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. It was nice to get a little a little taste of a good actor who I really really like on this ridiculous show. But um, I mean, you like him on a tiny role that most people probably don't know. So it's not like he's not going to take the work. He's so good though. Uh, he, absolutely, but <laughs> he's great. He was also on the Deuce. Yes, he was on the Deuce. He was also who on was the Deuce. he on the Deuce? He was the secretly gay councilman. Oh yeah, yeah yeah. I do want to add one thing quickly. Just I don't think I talked about it last time. Last month. When I was sick and missed the patron hangout, I was on the couch, and I watched Vandervolk on Masterpiece on the app, on the PBS app. <laughs> and Josh, it's a three-episode crime show starring Private Bly from Band of Brothers. Really? As Vandervolk, the <laughs> the the angry Dutch detective. It all takes place in Amsterdam. Huh. 
Is it in Dutch? No, so it's, it's, it's a BBC show. Everyone speaks with a British accent. Oh, nice. But it's a similar format as Sherlock, where three 90-minute episodes. Uh-huh. But it, it was fun to see, like a, again, a different world. Amsterdam, you know, yeah, the absolutely. scenery, the, the cops. It sounds good. But I enjoyed it. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's what we've been enjoying. So normally we have like a main topic, but this year, oh God, not this year. This month we decided, hey, we've been soliciting emails. We've been getting a lot of them. We've been even answering some on the show, but we got a bunch. Let's clean out the mailbag. All right. We got a lot of work to do here. Do you guys want to start with a deep one or an easy one? Well, not that easy, but that's a, like, a, like a short one or a long one? Dealer's let's choice. The, let's, start, let's start with the yeah, dealer's choice. I defer, yeah. Close your eyes and pick one. All right, this will be. This is a quick one. Well, we'll sort of. This is like a palate cleanser. Brad D from Canada. On your recent review of Invincible season one, Josh mentioned his love of J.K. Simmons. Have oh. Josh or Connor watched his TV series Counterpoint? It's only two seasons. I still can't believe J.K. didn't win awards for this series. In a career of great performances, which includes an Oscar, I would argue that he does his best on this show, and it's near the top of all of his performances. If you decide to watch, go in without knowing anything. There's an interesting twist at the end of the pilot. No spoilers, but I think you'll enjoy the Cold War feel of the series. Josh, I've heard of the show, but I have not watched it. I have heard of the show, and I have seen it on, I may have marked whatever the hell it's on. Is it Prime? I don't even know what it's on. I just remember, I remember hearing about it. Whatever it's on, I'm pretty sure I marked it, like, put it in a list. Yeah. So I think I'm I know the twist. I'm not, I'm not going to say what it is, though. The thing about Simmons is... He's never been bad. He's never been bad. Never. He's always good in everything, but that does not necessarily mean that everything he is in is good. Sure. That's fair. Yeah. Sure. Well, so it doesn't... Let's, it doesn't let's, let's basically, go. what I'm saying is I don't see a thing and see that he's in it and think, well, I have to watch that thing. I see him in a thing that I was going to watch, and I go, excellent. You know? But... Again, I'd like this. That little conversation made me think. All right, I gotta, I gotta double back on that one. I do remember reading a lot of good reviews about it, but you know, well, there's this, a billion shows. This falls, yeah, this falls into the problem. Yeah, so I was listening stuff. to uh, the business podcast today. They're talking about the Emmy nominations and how it's clear that the voters only watch a handful of shows. Yeah, sure. There's just too many shows. You can't possibly, as a voter in an academy, watch all of the shows, you know, even as a critic. And so the, the, at a certain point, you have to give up. I mean, that's a little bit of what, you know, the pick of the week is. It's like, right. we can only take in these. We can, you know, we've tried to expand it to a certain point. We cannot read all the books. And there's a lot more shows than there are books. Yep. Oh, yeah. It was on Stars. Apparently. Stars, that's right. And let's see if it's on the somewhere Stars app, now. I guess, because I have the Stars app. But, I mean, Connor and I. Have been fans of him since since Oz, which is really the I don't know what he mid, did before that, but yeah, yeah, streaming on Prime, streaming on Prime. Well, that's interesting. Perhaps I'll check it out. It's only how many episodes? Probably twenty. Uh, two seasons looks like eight episodes each, unless the first oh. season's longer. Listen, Brad, I'm not going to make any promises, but I will think about it when I have to find something to watch. Ten episodes in the first season, eight in the second. Adam from Orlando, Florida. At the May patron hangout, I said that the movies from the 90s are old. This comment was derided by Mr. Kilpatrick and other sympathizers. Specifically, I was talking about the film Saving Private Ryan, which came out in 1998. Uh. My basis for this opinion is that most of the audience who saw Saving Private Ryan were older than 18 at the time, meaning that most anyone born after 1980 did not have the opportunity to watch that film in the theater. This is well over 40% of the current population of the United States. I'm not saying movies in the 90s aren't modern or worth watching or classics. I just believe that if a person were to say the first Mission Impossible is old, that would not be treated with negative comments. If this 23-year-old movie isn't considered old, then at what age do movies reach the standard of being old? I ask that you all consider this objectively as possible and do not let certain biases you might have against younger people cloud your judgments. Wait, wait, wait. I will say, well, hang on, hang on. I will say that if if you want to combat derision from connor the best way to 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 fight that is with cold hard numbers you're not wrong also, and, he's, say and he's delivered really honestly the only place where you fell short here who wrote this email adam from florida adam from florida the only place where you fell short here was you didn't deliver those numbers in a spreadsheet <laughs> had you delivered them in a spreadsheet connor would have jumped to your side and agreed he would have been you. powerless he would have been like i can't in the face yeah. of spreadsheets. I can't fight Look, this. the numbers are there. I've run the numbers in the spreadsheet. So, I, so listen, I can tell you, I think Adam has a point. I think, I think that Adam is discounting the emotional component of what happened. Oh, sure. Sure. So what, you, what you're saying is this thing that 
we remember. I saw that in theater. I was in the movie Midnight Theater. I got on my floor. Which we remember as being part of our, and this is important, adult life. Yeah. Yeah. You just Barely, called though. old. Barely. We were Barely. twenty. We were twenty-one 21. years old. Yeah. That's yeah. adult in every sense of the it word. Was, it was like it was a thing where I was a grown-up person. I said, "Oh, I'm interested in that historical movie. I'm going to go see that film." And to have somebody say correctly, I might add, it's old because it only it takes this. If you think when you were a teenager, it was 1991, and somebody said this movie from 1971, you would have gone, "That's old." He's 100 percent right. The question, though, is what's old? And it's all different for everybody. Is old subjective? For me, a movie's not old in, uh, after 1970. Huh. That's when I started considering movies to be old. Uh, well, you see, but, that's, but you see, this is the whole thing. This is, this is unfortunately... Everyone's different. This, yeah, well, A, everyone, and you could say that to anything. And I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying this is an argument. What I'm saying is that this is, the, this is the problem with the passage of time and our perception of time and our wrestling with getting old. As yeah. we, you know, as, you know, because what, what I often love is like when you think about how looked back upon the 60s were and the, the period both, you know, for music and political and all this sort of stuff, even the early 70s, growing up in the, you know, mid to late 80s into the early 90s, it seemed like a million years ago. Yes. But it was the same amount of time since Saving Private Ryan came out to today. Right. And so I wonder if an eight, if a 16 year old right now is looking at the early 90s the same way we looked at the 60s. Of yes. course. Right. And of course, and they're, they are. but they're but here's the argument. I don't think they are. I think they still look like the like there's a weird time warp thing ah. that is happening where the 60s is still looked at as the 60s and the 90s is still looked at as attainable as yesterday. Well, there is a big difference in terms of black and white versus color. And that's one of the big deals. And yeah. we, when we were kids and we looked back at things from the past. It's because they were in black and white, and that's what made them seem old. Now, I think there's a couple of factors. Like, there's a film internet There's a pre-internet world, and there's a post-internet world, and mm -hmm. cell phones. Like, and so you watch a movie, one of those factors not being in it tends to make it old. Now, a historical movie throws that into into you know. Well, the '90s are very hot with the kids. It's all about '90s nostalgia right now in pop culture. And yeah. So I don't know if that helps it make it feel like it was I, closer than it is now. I, I may have said this on this show, and I'm pretty sure I told you, but I have a kid who works for me, and and he said uh, at one point, I mean, when I kid, he's like 25, and he and he goes very seriously, he's like, so I have to ask you, what do you think of Space Jam? And I was like, I don't. <laughs> I do. I never. never. And this was before the the newer one. You know, like. But like it was, it was such a big deal to them. And I was like, I don't. I mean, I liked The Office, but I don't watch it all the time. <laughs> I watch Seinfeld. Did you, did you ask him what he thinks of the prequels? Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't take that. The fact is, Adam is not wrong in in terms of cold hard numbers, like Ron said. No. But yeah. you have to take into effect the emotional element. This is the same argument as when I tried to introduce my nieces to Star Wars and my youngest niece didn't want to watch it because it, quote unquote, looked old timey. Right. Not right. Wrong. And then not wrong. Not wrong at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so it's 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 definitely I mean, it, it is all perception. It is all, you know, you know, having had the opportunity to see Pulp Fiction in its original theatrical run in the theater. Anybody who didn't and looks back on that in the same way that we had to watch Casablanca or the Maltese Falcon or in a way that we couldn't have, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, it's just a different kind of experience. And same thing with, honestly, same thing with star Wars. We, we love star Wars. We never got to see it in the original theatrical run. We weren't, we weren't even one, you know? And so I, mean, I started realizing that when I tried to, you know, I've got kids and they're a little like, they don't care about that stuff. It's all different than yeah. what they're used to. Let me ask you this. What do you consider to be old music? Anything I heard on 101.1 in the 80s, so that'd be the 50s and 60s. So nothing. I do. I consider the line for new music to be 2003. Well, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's your you're weird though. Yeah, <laughs> it's what you said earlier, Josh. Is like when things that came out when we were adults, I can't look at it as old because I, I was an adult. And it turns out that your adult years go extremely fast. I experienced it concurrently, like I was there. So yeah. to me. Movies, TV, music that was around when I was a kid is not old because I was there. So anything from yeah. I, have to go, I have to go back a, a standard would, deviation to find it old would things. feel old if you could get an image of the clothes that you wore the day you went to see that and how God, big it'd be they awesome were. if I had all those clothes. 
It's like if you watch Friends and they just have gigantic, so much fabric. There was so much extra fabric in the 90s. Yeah. So much. Ron, what do you think? Old music. What's old music? Probably with you, yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 fifties doo wop, one hundred one point one, CBS FM, yep. a la nineteen eighty eight. Like that's probably old music. I mean, no, honestly, no. Actually, I will go back. I mean, like that that I think is my growing up perception of old music. Sure. I think my my old music now and what I've also been taking an interesting turn as we, you know we've been hosting barbecues this summer and and you know and and that sort of thing, looking for some ambiance. I'm realizing that I really like the aesthetic of late 30s Hollywood Glenn Millery kind of mm, music. Yes. You know, man like, the, like me like, can't afford to be made to look ridiculous. I have like, those like, stations on my thing in my car. Yeah, yeah. Like I'll tell you what, there's, big a, band. there's a big band. There's a the, big band. There's a spot in Disneyland right in between Indiana Jones and Jungle Cruise where there's like a like mock-up of like an office of whatever, of like where the Jungle Cruise person is. And there's like a radio playing faintly and if you catch it at the right time, it's playing like Moonlight Serenade. And it's like it's like that to me is old music, but it's so atmospheric and it's so romantic to me. And I just I just love that that feeling. And I, it's a time that I, I like 60s. I could I talk to people who were there. I, I watch sure. films of, you know, Hendrix playing at Monterey and like all this other thing. You know, like you, I feel like I can touch it a little even though I wasn't there. But like that time period, I have no context for. And that That's feels old point. to me. You can't yeah. picture it. I've been listening to like some jazz here and there just because i was looking for something to put on the background that isn't that is just different and and there's no i have no sense of it other than what it sounds like like there's not a lot of voice a lot of times i can't picture the people doing it it's just it exists in this time i think when i when i'm at old i tend to think of music is certainly pop music in like epochs so you know there's like the last radio epoch and now you know when i said 2003 that's like everything after you would have heard stuff on MTV or the radio. However right. the fuck people find music now. And now I start going, all oh, those bands that I think of as new, that was 20 years ago. Right. You know, and I think that's just, it's really interesting. I'm not even lamenting it. But, you know, what you're talking about is is a different, like old doesn't mean anything other than what you, it's just a feeling you, one person has. It's a, it's a state of mind. Yeah. But no, but that's the same time. Like even going back to watching that punk documentary that I'm watching, like techni- like like watching video of the Ramones and CBG, it does I it feels old. 40, 45 like, like it, years ago. It, it, it's but it, A, it's before my time. I didn't get to speak like yes, I went to CBGBs and I hung out and I saw my c- contemporary bands play there, mm-hmm. but I didn't see those bands. Like there there is definitely mm-hmm. a you know, seeing that time period of late seventies punk stuff, it does feel old because it is not of of, of my context. So you know what I think it, for me is the part where I connected those things, and maybe it took me a little longer to appreciate things from before my time, but I can do now. Is that there's a bit where you'll be watching something from a long time ago, and it's either going to feel so dated that you can't get into it, or you're going to click and go, oh, I've found the universal thing about this. I found the thing that isn't dated about this. And that's one of my favorite things. I I remember, you know, sort of the first time where I was watching Butch Casting the Sundance Kid, and I was like, oh, this is utterly timeless. Like, this film can exist anywhere. You know, uh, there's music like that, I'm sure. Or, uh, you know, there's certain certain films uh, that I think of. If you watch Alien right now, the first Alien, like, it doesn't feel like an old movie. It looks... My last point on this before we move on to the next email about Saving Private Ryan, which is what the email was originally about. It's not like as a kid we watched Casablanca and Humphrey Bogart had been dead for 25 years. Like yeah. everyone in that movie is currently starring in movies. Like I'm yeah. about to watch a bunch of Vin Diesel movies. Tom Hanks is in it. Adam Goldberg. These are all people. Not him so much. Well, I, he, I mean, That's he's, he's there. He shows up and stuff. No, so, I, Giovanni Ribisi. Ed Burns. Ed Burns. So they're all, yeah. you know, these are all people currently working. In, in, so it's currently not like. active, yeah. You know, like you're watching a Marlon Brando film. And you're like, well, he's. Here's, a, here's the thing, though. Go back to the point that, Josh, that you're saying, too. I mean, like, I remember watching the first Alien film. And th- when I watched it in the late 80s, it felt old. It looks old. The film grain mm-hmm. is different. Like the whole production quality. Like we're watching um, – what is the John Carpenter, The Thing? Yeah, um, like I, I struggled with watching the thing when I was like 11 because I was like, this is hard to watch, like because it's it's not what I'm used to. It's not as smooth. Mm-hmm. It's not, a, you know, like and so I, I definitely think that there's a there, there's an aspect to that. Yeah. And I think that you have to be willing or able to get over it at a certain point and recognize sure. what's yeah. good about it. And I think that that takes 
that takes a certain well that takes interest and that takes yeah you know, yeah that's, yeah, that's exactly yeah. it you have to you have yeah. to be willing to put in a little bit more effort and that's not what everybody wants out of entertainment it's not what i wanted of all entertainment right. you know but um at, at some point at some point at some point we crossed over from you go see movies because you were invited or because people are doing to like actively going to see movies. Yeah, like that's that's a good question. So here's a question for you. At do you remember and at what age did you independently decide I'm actively seeking that movie and and go by yourself and go or or, or, or make I, it all happen as opposed to be as opposed to being yeah. told you're going to see Back to the Future. You're Younger going to see Kid. Yeah, well, I always remember that feeling. I, I live I two blocks from movie theater. We went all the time. Okay. Well, I would see a thing on TV and I was an only kid and I knew that my mom didn't like anything I did, you know, and I didn't have a lot of friends who I went to movies with. I don't think I, it's like I was just like that was the thing I was into and nobody else was. Right. So but I remember seeing like the commercials for Beetlejuice and going, I've got to go see that. Like yeah. I very specifically thought that is uh, an interesting thing. I didn't have words for it, you know, at the time. I remember seeing commercials for like the early '80s rap movies, like like Beat Street and and um, Breaking, and yeah. thinking <laughs> I want to see that, you know. And and I do the math now and see how old I was, and I was like, that's crazy. Yeah, for, you know? for me, for me, it was uh, Fire Walk with Me. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I went by myself. I'm like, I'm going to see this movie, and like, and like, and people are like, oh, what movie did you see? I'm like, oh, Fire Walk with Me, and I just got looks. <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to remember when I first went to a movie by myself. Uh, I don't know. I remember the first time I went purely by myself was Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the Kevin Costner one. Yeah. Not as I, bad as you'd think. No, I enjoyed that. I still enjoy. Yeah. It. I've watched it recently, but that was the first time I remember Christian leaving Slater. high school. Cut his heart out with a spoon. Oh, you know what it was? It was like. Ron, it was like one of the um, – what was that test we had to take at the end of the year in New York? CTBSs. No. I had an Regents. R. Regents. Regents test. And I fin- yeah. finished early and it was like 2 o'clock and I was like, fuck it. I was going to go to the movies. And that was the first time I went by myself to the movies. So those of you who grew up in New York, my niece just graduated high school and my sister was congratulating her saying how proud she was and that she graduated with a Regents diploma and passed all of her Regents or whatever. I said, okay. From this day forward, I want you to keep track of any time anyone asks you if you have a Regents diploma. <laughs> it's like a spoiler. Nobody's going to ask. I will give you a million dollars for every time someone asks. Yep. Let's do a fun one. Not that, that wasn't fun. That was a good question from Adam. Thank you for writing that in. Terrence F. from Fort Worth, Texas. I was watching some ER and wondering, Ooh. if you needed treatment from a medical doctor from any TV show, who would you pick? I'm oh, going with kidding. Carrie Weaver. No nonsense. Competent doctor. Doug Ross. John Carter. Wait, it, this could be any non-ER doctor as well. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, we we understand. Yeah, we <laughs> we get it. We heard the question. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, Ron, you could get, you could get Doctor McCoy with his fancy machines to hit fix you. I, I don't mind. I don't care. No, I want I want I want Carter to tell me I'm going to be okay. Okay, that's fair. D- Doug yeah. Ross is going to fight for me. That's true. Like no matter Literally. what it is, he's going to make sure. Exactly, he will make sure that happens. You you can't say, uh, uh, Doctor. Oh my God, uh, Benton. Uh, no, uh, you know what, Benton as a surgeon. I mean, if I'm going to the surgery, I definitely go Benton, even over Carter. You basically can't go wrong in the ER. ER. Well, no, you can't. What's uh, Anthony Edwards? I can't. I can't think of his doctor name. Green, Doctor Green. Doctor Green. He Are you about to slide off, Doctor Green? No, no. He he did have that one big fuck up with Bradley Whitford. Well, these things yes. happen. So, so will, he's got that one on the on the on the you know that was a big deal. I will say, I I, I would I would be fine if uh, Susan Lewis wanted to check me out. <laughs> I love Sherry Stringfield at the time; she was great. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Ron, yeah. he's got a second question okay. uh, that you may be into, maybe not. We can see if you're really in need of content. Who would be your medical team? By the way, thanks for. I'm wondering if we need content. Who would be your medical team? Intern, resident, attending, surgeon? I have no idea what the difference between any of those things, and I've watched 100 medical shows. Oh, God. No dupe shows, so you can't duplicate any shows. I don't know enough doctors. In your first three choices, surgeon, pick wild card. Example, here's his example. Oh, this is very complicated. I know. Intern, Lexi Gray from Grey's Anatomy. Resident, Greg Pratt from ER. Attending, Perry Cox from Scrubs. And his surgeon is Miranda Bailey from Grey's Anatomy. So I don't even know what the difference between all these doctors are. Well, it's the levels, basically. What does yeah. it mean? 
Um, so you're attending means that you're like full time. You're not you're you're not in school anymore. You are now working right. at that you hospital. You are a doctor. You are the a doctor. chief is above the attending. Well, wasn't a resident, resident also a doctor? Still, no. Well, yes, but they're still like students. They're working underneath so, the attending. They're still in a, like the latest form of their training. The intern is the one before that. That's Carter when he shows up. Right. And he's not a resident yet or a student. He was. I think that's the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a surgeon is just a branch. It's not, you know, like there's. That's why it's a wild card. Surgery. Okay. So I'm going to give you. I really only watch two medical shows. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. (laughs) I I, I have to break his rule. Like, I never watch Scrubs. So, like, I could say something like, well, those aren't real. They, you know, they weren't real doctors. Although I take Dr. Cox, he seemed to be pretty good. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm aware of people who played doctors in St. Elsewhere. Yeah, you know, what, Howie Mandel, Haw- Haw- Hawkeye, uh, yeah, Hawkeye Pierce. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm kind of getting to the end of it. Oh, that's pretty good. Oh, Hawkeye, it was a baby. Okay, so if I gotta go, um, intern, I'll just go. Do one of these because I I don't think yeah we can yeah yeah no three. yeah yeah we can't do all three. No, I I can do I can do I can do varying levels. I can I, I'll just do intern. Oh God, this is hard. You'd put Carter at all three of them because the fact is he went from <laughs> yeah. resident to intern to resident to attending to yeah. surgery. Right. He, he was a Tri Carter doctor. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess say that the highest ranking doctor I would I would choose uh, the chief, Doctor Weber, from Grays, oh. played by James Pickens Jr. Mm-hmm. Surprise! It's the chief. I got my sister a cameo from him for her birthday earlier this year. He was fantastic. <laughs> he gave two minutes of gold. It was golden because he's also was in 90210. So it checked two boxes for her. He played Brandon's boss at the beach club, Henry. At what point does Doogie Hauser enter the picture? Doogie Hauser was, he was more he than an intern. He was a straight in- up doctor, right? Was yeah, he? yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's possible now that I think back. <laughs> Because he was 14. like, it's one thing to go through school really quickly, but once you get into the doctor part, you know, you got to do however many years of residency, right? Right. So he would have had to be a resident, but he was a genius. Josh, would you pick the Josh, guy? What from about the, the guy Nick? from the Nick? Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, nope, no, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at the time, totally, but early in the show, prior to the cocaine, he's just gonna cut everything, yeah, he's yeah, gonna, I mean, he's like, just gonna give you leeches. Y- you didn't want to get sick back then, like. <laughs> You didn't want to, like, during the Civil War, you didn't want to have to see the Sawbones. That was not a thing. You didn't want to have anybody answer the call, medic! You didn't want it. All right, let's move on. We we kind of answered the question, but we have have to move on. Tom L. from Arnold, Maryland. I've been thinking about this for six months and between 11 and 21 days. It was sometime during the holidays. Ever since I learned that, Josh and I both saw the same band in our last concert before the lockdown, the Silver Sun Pickups. Though I think I liked it more than Josh. What band are you most hoping to see live once it is safe to do so? Do you already have plans? I was planning to see the Deftones in August, but I just got pushed back to 2022. I have five shows. Yeah, I've like I've got, I've got, a, I've got, I've got more tickets than I want to admit that have been purchased. <laughs> yeah. What is the first one, thing you one, can Josh? do? One thing that you can do now is you can you can go. Well, I'll buy the ticket. You know, I got to at least support the band. Right. You know. Um, I'm trying to remember what the first show What's is. Your first upcoming show. I want to say. I think it's Wilco and Slater Kenny in August. Uh, it's outdoors. I'm not sure if they're a lot of them around. I mean, they're in the fall. So I have uh, Ben Folds for my wife and I is in September. I have I got to open my bands in town thing to try to remember. I got to put these on my calendar. Jeez, I just bought I went through like there was a week where all the tickets went on sale and I just bought yes. tickets willy nilly and I couldn't even I don't even remember half the ones I bought. I got Bad Religion and Alkaline Trio in November. I got another. I got Dinosaur Junior in November. I got Bob Mould in September, middle of September. Ben Folds is the beginning of September, and Slater Kenny Wilco at the end of August, and Mike Birbiglia in November. Doesn't count. Yeah, and I've got Guided by Voices on September 10th in New York City. Whatever date Bob Mould's playing in New York on, uh, whatever date Dinosaur Jr.'s playing as well. I take to see Nothing in October. Fantastic uh, shoegaze band. Uh, strongly recommend. Agree. God, Nothing is so good. It's really interesting that the 
it, like the people who are going now are the kind of bands that are touring bands. They make their living, yeah. you know, by by serving to a smallish but dedicated fan base, and they go out and tour. These are the people who have suffered the most, I think. You know, yeah. these are middle aged people with houses and families, and they're trying to make this work. And you know, it's 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 an easy call to buy a ticket. You know. Oh, oh, Josh. Yeah, I didn't even mention this to you. Uh, Mac from Superchunk is playing uh, Brooklyn at the end of September, so I might go to they, that. Him and him and Jim just did some acoustic shows. I think. Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think Brooklyn. the same things. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same kind of thing. I will say, I'm I'm becoming. Oh, more, oh my God! More, uh, quick, quicksand tickets at the end of October. Oh yeah, very excited. I, I am I am becoming a little more reticent about the situation. Hmm. At the time I bought closer? them, yeah. well, several things. Like one, when I bought them a while ago, I wasn't quite sure what was happening. Then I started to get a little more confident, and then lately, not feeling super confident. Oh, the Delta variants don't make anything. Easy. No, and it's you know the idea like you know you may go anywhere you want without a mask if you are vaccinated. Okay, well the news says fifty percent of the people are vaccinated, but it appears that a hundred percent of the people here aren't wearing masks. So that ain't right. right. But they're not going to see Dinosaur Junior. Uh, you never. I see all of my perceptions <laughs> about people who like the same things as me being like me have been proven wrong many times. Yeah. I don't know. I bought all these tickets on the on the uh, assumption that everything would be okay and i can't I, guarantee that <laughs> i think i think it's going to be harder to unload tickets if we decide not to go this time yeah no, no these are definitely like my whole thing is like let me get the tickets so at least have it god for yeah. you know and, and then yeah because before uh-huh. there's always like well i can always sell this at the end and this year i'm going eh, i don't know we'll be able to <laughs> finally steve b from maryland 2000s keeping the faith with edward norton and ben stiller seems to be on regular viewing rotation in my house is this typical of Jamokes of a certain age, or is this the product of being married to a Jewish wife? Uh, well, I, I, I am both a Jamoke of a certain age and married to a Jewish wife, and I have no memory of that film other than the fact that when you said it, I can kind of picture a movie poster. So I, I sort think of see like Edward Norton in a, in a yeah. priest robe. In a, in a frock. They defrocked him. Isn't it, what's her name from uh, Dharma and Greg? Oh, wow. Jenna Elfman? Jenna Elfman, is she in it? Wow. I wow. Remember when she up. was... Wow, Jenna Elfman's moment in the mid to late nineties. Right, yeah, I know the haircut and everything. Like there, there was the there was a yeah, lot was going right. on there. Yeah, it was right. It was Jenna Elfman. She was the she was the love triangle. It was a love triangle between. <laughs> These it are the kind like of a, things like that joke. I remember. Yeah, a lot of movies from that era do. I mean, sixty million dollars. I would be interested to see if anybody out there is is regularly watching that film. I've never seen this movie. <laughs> no, two thousand. Jeez. Tell you what, though. That's an old Ed, movie, Connor. Edward Norton, so kind of always a sure bet. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Let me tell you who's I mean, in this movie. So, Ben Stiller, Edward Norton, Jenna Elfman. Also, Anne Bancroft. Milo Schwarman. Eli Wallach. Holland Milo Taylor. was in it, but he didn't direct he's it. in it. He's in it. He plays Father Havel. Ken Long, Susie Essman. There's a lot of people in this movie. David Wayne. Oh, Ron nice. Riskin. Who directed it? Who wrote it? Written by Stuart Blumberg. Directed by Edward Norton. Oh. Fascinating. Oh, it's a Blumberg film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he probably used the Blumberg method again. Let me tell you something, by the way, going back to going to the shows, as I realize now that um, the Guided by Voices show is on Friday, September 10th, and then Bob Mould is Friday, September 17th in New York. The other night, we put the kids down, and everyone was in bed by 8 o'clock, and I hopped in the car, and I drove to Brooklyn to see our good friend Hank who, who uh, patrons might recognize from the pre-hangout tiki cocktail hour. Hank was in town. And so drove the hour from Long Island to get to Brooklyn, had two cocktails, hung out, hit about 10.30, got in the car, drove back, got home, was in bed by midnight, and I was a wreck for like three days. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to tell me that I'm going to drive to the city, see – a Guided by Voices show, which features well over 60 songs in their set, and then a week later be okay enough to go see Bob Mould and work in between that? Whew. I, I gotta it's say, a brave new world, my friends. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't think anybody out there, I don't think anyone out there appreciates what he just said as much as me. <laughs> it, it was so delightful to hear that. Because for I about a decade so now, I've been like, I just I can't remember anything. I'm tired. And, and Ron's like, I slept on the plane. I'm fine. <laughs> and I just hate you. And now I, I would feel bad for you, but I don't. Yeah, it's more see. like yes, welcome in here with me. It's a little well, painful. The, the, the way I see this now is just it's a it's a new challenge. How do I make this work? That's all. Yes, 
you eventually will learn to get by on less sleep yeah. because you have to. Yeah, no, which I've been doing, but yeah, it's just funny. Just to bring things full circle and close this out, our buddy Hank has been working in his day job with Christian Slater, who says he's delightful and a total pro. So we've been mentioned him several times on the show. It's, it's yeah, this funny. has been a Christian Slater theme show. Yeah. It's funny because when he first shows up on Dr. Death, he's in surgery. So he's got like the thing on his head and the mask over his face and he's got glasses on. So you can't really tell it's him. And I did not know who was going to be in the show. And he starts talking and I'm like, wait a minute. I know that. But it wasn't squaring with what I was looking at. And he looked really old for whatever reason in the scrubs and everything. And then he took it off and I was like, no, he just looks like Christian Slater. He did not look old. For some reason, when he has all the scrubs on, he looks like a little old man. Because he's, he's an authority figure. Yeah. it's very, But he's he's way over the top in this role, and it's very fun to watch, whereas whereas Baldwin is very reserved. It's good. Directing Sorry. This. All right. So that's it for this month's show. Thanks for writing in, everyone. Brad and Adam and Terrence and Tom and Steve. And there was more emails we didn't even get to. But if you want to get your email on the show, you can email contact at fanboy.com. Make sure you put Media Explode in the title so it doesn't get lost amidst all the pick of the week emails. And we, we miss it when our frantic... Preparation for the media explode. <laughs> Usually taking place right after the hangout. I told you it would be fine. It yeah. turned out this is a great show. So there you go. So thanks for listening. And again, patrons at patreon.com slash ifanboy. They are the ones that unlock this show. As well as the talks blows and the books blows and uh, all the other stuff we do uh, month to month. We thank them. Listen to Ron and all about Android every week. Talking about phones. And operating systems. And yeah, and software and, and applications and phones do you ever have a week where there's just nothing to talk about yes it is very difficult when that really? happens. yes oh yeah wow because there, there are ebbs and flows you know like there there are busy times of the year when there's a lot going on and then there's dry times where like nothing's going on so you just gotta but you like know. but like in comics you like you've got you can do that you talk about history you can yeah talk no you guys have a jack kirby is it like, is it like a phone kirby <laughs> kind of there are some things, but they're definitely dry weeks where it's like, ooh, we got to – So anybody's seen any good apps lately? Or? You start, you start <laughs> yeah. talking about like, well, the, the, the texture on this particular screen glass is, is <laughs> nicer. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, we, we say the phone feel. What's the phone feel? What does it feel <laughs> yeah. like in your hand? How uh, do you feel about putting a, a thin – like a covering over the glass, like either a film I, or a glass? I'm, a, I, I'm, a, I'm a, no, a no case, no covering. I'm a, a raw phone out in the wild living life, feeling the wind in its hair. Are you a phone breaker? I assume you're not. Oh, no, I've, broke, I've, broken, I've broken my fair share of phones, but I am not it, – it is rare. Okay. Yeah. I haven't in a while. I'm a yeah. very – I'm a very thin case, mostly for the texture and also personal branding right. issue. Yeah, no, I, I, I go no case because it's it makes it bulkier, like all that sort of stuff. I yeah. will say, though, my most recent phone I did, I had in my pocket and a kid sat on it and it cracked the screen like in a straight line. And it was still usable. I just had like one line where it was like kind of rainbowy, you know, like where the you know, like that sort of thing. And then I was getting out of the car, like maybe like three months later, I was getting out of the car and I was holding my work phone and my personal phone, and I felt the phone slipping, and I thought it was my work phone, which has a case, and I just let it go. But it was my personal phone, and the thing just shattered on the driveway. But the great thing is the phone I'm using now, the Google Pixel 4a, is 350 bucks. So, mm-hmm. like, like you, were, you, you, you were there you, were sending you phones for a while. Oh, yeah, I get I get phones for review and stuff like that, right. too. I have, a, I have a box of phones and things like that. But the, the great thing was that, like, if I had a Samsung, you know, Galaxy, whatever, that's a $1,000 phone. If I had, like, the flagship OnePlus phone, that's a $1,000 phone. If you had an iPhone, that's a $1,000 phone. When it costs a third of that, it becomes like, oh, I'll just get another one. You know what I like about this? A, first of all, if you're having a slow show, there's your show right there. Yeah. Like, just, like, like, it's <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like, it's us three? There's no such thing as a slow time. I'm just going to say some dumb shit, and you're going to talk. Yeah. I'm, ooh, ooh. Here's the thing that's interesting, though. We never talk about phones. No. <laughs> we don't. Because like, who cares? Yeah, it's like not a thing at all. This was the most I've ever talked to you about phones. Oh, I, could, I, I do this for two hours. Don't started on tablets. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm aware week. of yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, I'm not the only one talking. Yeah. You're not yeah. kidding. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So until next month, we'll be back. My name is Connor. I'm Ron. I'm Josh. Oh, 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 oh. oh Josh on. forgot the order. Come on, man. In the beginning, man. we did it that way. And I thought I should just stick with that. You're always last. You're always last. I don't know why For we defer that to years. you, but you are, you are always last. I know, but this is like different now. This is the regular show. I'm totally with you. But now with the part when we have 
here we go. When we have guests host on the other show, I don't always go last. Oh, well, that's thinking you, should, you should still be last. Yeah. Well, oh, they don't yeah. always know that. I want to. Yeah. Anyway, let's go home. All right. <laughs> <laughs>